probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome to The Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Michelle Eshy. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. You came such a long way. Yeah, very fun. And it's been so long. Yes, super long. So today we're talking about minute 108 of The Thing, which is the sixth part of the credits. So, yep, more credits. Yay. Um... <laughs> So these are actually not very long credits, though, actually. Given... Yeah, I'm glad it's not like Lord of the Rings length. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Extended. I, seems like every time I, I podcast with somebody, a new person, we end up sympathizing about just how, or empathizing, <laughs> how how uh, what a long journey the uh, Lord of the Rings minute guys have ahead yeah. of them. Uh, their credit minutes. I mean, that's probably going to be like 20 minutes of credits. Minimum. When we saw the Lord of the Rings uh, extended trilogy in marathon in theaters it would be like we could like go eat food in between the movies because yeah. the credits were so long <laughs> but this movie's not like that this movie only has like six or seven minutes of credits which is just not too bad no so anyways so this minute begins with the stills the photographer that we talked about on yesterday's minute and then ends a minute later with the copyright for universal city studios incorporated um so uh the first note i have is about a. Uh, Nate Irwin, who's one of the helicopter pilots. So yeah, I looked up about all the three of the helicopter pilots. I didn't, I didn't find a whole lot of interesting information, but um, I just we've talked about it before. But I wanted to bring up that Nate Irwin, according to uh, Outpost Thirty One's uh, Todd Cameron, Nate Irwin's daughter is the owner of the infamous McCready hat, which isn't fair. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of fair. <laughs> no, it's not fair. I want it. <laughs> but so that's pretty cool. I'm glad that somebody related to the movie. I'm glad the hat's still around at least. It didn't yeah, just get, like, no one just threw it out. Left in the snow or something. <laughs> that's a pretty nice thing for Kurt Russell to do. Yeah. The other two uh, helicopter pilots, I looked them up briefly. Um, Lawrence Perry did some uh, work for it. Sounds like he's got a real theme going on. He worked on movies like Iceman, K2, Alaska, and Dreamcatcher. So. Are these helicopter pilots, do you know if they're local or did were they brought there? I'm not sure. That's a good question. That might explain all the ice-related <laughs> movies. It's a very, yeah, him He might be a lo- him and Nate Irwin might be locals. I think Nate Irwin hardly had any uh, credits. I think we had talked about him on another episode. I don't remember. But so he might have been a local. And Lawrence Perry may be, may be a local because it seems like a lot of these might have filmed up in Alaska or British Columbia. Yeah. I think it's been a long time since I've seen Dreamcatcher, but that seems like that same kind of area. And a movie called Alaska, I would guess, is filmed around <laughs> <Maybe>. there. <laughs> uh, and Iceman and K2 kind of speak for them. So K2 is that mountain. And, uh, where, isn't it a mountain? I think K2 I is named know. after a mountain. I was thinking that yeah, I think, submarine movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never mind. I doubt the helicopter pilot is involved <laughs> yeah. with that. I think K2, isn't K2 like that mountain in... Um, it might even be in Alaska. I'm not sure. It's like one of the tallest mountains in the state. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally no making idea. this up. Anyways. <laughs> and then Ken Strain, the other one, um, 
he uh wait hold on he was one of the yeah he was the helicopter pilot he also did stunts for this movie and then uh, we talked about him in a previous episode because i thought it was interesting that he did stunts for a couple of movies and then it looks like he took like 10 years off (laughs) and then when he came back in 94 uh he started as a boom operator and has since done 81 movies as a boom operator which is pretty impressive Um, unless someone stole his identity (laughs) yes a different ken strain (laughs) that took over his imdb page who knows speaking of the helicopter pilots we decided for this minute like our previous episode to pick one of the jobs out of the credits and then relate that back to other movies who use the same job kind of (laughs) so for this one helicopter scenes in other movies that are awesome cool so yeah i've got i have uh five how many do you have? i kind of have five but they're probably going to be the same exact one yeah i have a feeling we're going to have a lot of overlap here so um do you want to just start at the top of your list and we'll, we'll kind of go back Alternate, and forth and then sure. you'll just be like i have that too yep, probably <laughs> all right so i'll start with the well I'll, okay these aren't really in order for me but i'm gonna go yeah, aren't either. with apocalypse now Yep, that was on my list. Yeah. So that's you're talking about at the beginning of the movie when they're like first flying into Vietnam, or when they're I'm like talking doing about the when they're doing Ride of the Valkyries playing, yeah. and it's like twenty that's... helicopters and the is it Robert Duvall? Yeah. And he's like blasting music. I love the smell of napalm in the about, morning. Yeah, the whole thing. He's talking about uh, he's trying to impress the surfer guy in the back of the helicopter. Yeah. But anyway, it's crazy. They're like shooting off guns and rocket launchers and grenades and it's crazy yeah that movie's got a lot of cool helicopter stuff just like because i think the whole thing at the beginning too with like the fan kind of like blending into the helicopter sound with the bombing runs and stuff there's a a lot of good helicopter stuff in the beginning of the movie for sure and that scene is the best one (laughs) in the isn't there one too where like i can't remember who it is but like the comedian has to get like flown out of the the when he's like at the base doing a show because they're all like going nuts for the, oh yeah with the uh like playboy bunny with the girls. models yeah. yeah they have to get like then they're like yeah, they trying to grab the onto helicopter it. and the soldiers they're like dangling above the yeah, water looks pretty crazy. and drop into it yeah. yeah it's been a while since i've seen that but yeah so that whole movie has great helicopter scenes cool. <laughs> so yeah that was on my list too um the first one that i the only one that i've like thought of without having to like look at lists of great helicopter scenes was the scene from t2 judgment day yeah aka terminator 2 that's on my list as well yeah that's a good <laughs> that's the first one that popped in my mind when, when we decided to do a list about helicopter movies um because yeah that's like the fourth like incredible action sequence in that movie um it's right after they blow up the skynet facility and then um the t1000 is chasing them in the, or he he assimilates the helicopter pilot and is chasing them while they're in the big like uh, some kind of truck. It's like a like a they're in van. a police squad van. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he a stole van. a police helicopter, I think. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's just one of many like incredible action scenes in that movie. And most movie. of it all looked real. Like oh, he yeah. goes under like overpasses, which seems crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's some pretty impressive helicopter stunts too. Yeah. So that one was on my list as well. Cool. And it's awesome. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, this one, it's not a huge part of the movie, but the scene in The Matrix mm. when they're going to rescue Morpheus. And 
Neo jumps out, grabs Morpheus, and then they take off. But then Trinity is like stuck in the helicopter. She's like, they're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it crashes into the building and it's crazy. <laughs> that is a great one. Yeah. Cause, well, yeah, I could go on for a long time about that scene because I love, well, you get the whole Morpheus like, Ugh. yeah. And then, um, he yeah, breaks then they, his chains. <laughs> yeah. And then how, I'm trying to think, oh, yeah, they jump out onto that roof but then it's still attached to the oh yeah they're like dangling over the I forgot that because that scene is real there's like yeah. stuntmen just like holding on to each other yeah, like over through LA the city. or whatever <laughs> yeah and then they jump out and he has to like hold the helicopter with his arms and he's all like Until, whips it yeah. around like <gasps> when Trinity jumps out and grabs the rope yeah. or whatever yeah and so when the when the helicopter crashes into the building and it crosses like that super cool ripple effect yeah. in the glass building it is definitely one of the most memorable helicopter scenes for sure yeah um, so yeah so far we're three for three <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one on my list was uh, The Dark Knight one of my favorite movies I don't have that on my oh, list oh finally <laughs> so yeah my, I'm, this is the scene when um, it's the whole part of the whole incredible sequence when the Joker is trying to take down the um, prison prisoner transport van that's got uh, Harvey Dent in it and they uh, they they survive the truck survives the whole thing underground when he's like shooting rockets at them and then they get up and the guy's like go oh, air cab we got some air support and then <laughs> instant, and then uh, the joker's all you know string him up <laughs> and then yeah so he shoots the grappling things and that the uh, helicopters get caught in there and you get the whole i love the, the whole scene with that the like co-pilot swat guy who's just like the the narrator for that whole sequence is always kind of funny because he's like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, he says it really weird. <laughs> oh, that's not good. It's like a Chandler Bing <laughs> emphasis. Could this be any worse? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a great scene. That's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool effect. Okay, so my next two are related, but I'll do it one at a time. Mm-hmm. So the first one of my last movie is Skyfall. Ooh, the whole uh, the end. bang, yeah. bang, bang, bang. Yeah. yeah with um, I think it's the animals. Yes. And yeah, they're playing the animals song and then they like destroy the entire Skyfall house and it's crazy and awesome. And it's all at night. Yeah, that's a really good one. I, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. There's probably a lot of good Bond helicopter scenes that we're not thinking well, of. Well, wait until my next pick. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, that one in Scott, I didn't even think about that, but that's a pretty cool one. Super yeah. well shot too. Um, the last one on my list is uh, Predator, and uh, I saw that on a lot of lists, but I think I, I haven't seen the Predator. It's movie been a long like time since I've seen forever. it. Forever. Looking back at, I watched some YouTube clips of it because it's been probably six or seven years since I've watched it. But and really, it's not even that the helicopter does anything cool. It's mostly just that it's a bunch of badass dudes riding in a helicopter saying ridiculous stuff. <laughs> so I wrote down in particular when um, uh, what's his name. Uh, Jesse Ventura, the ex-governor now, when he says, uh, uh, I'm a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> That's ridiculous. A lot of what good... does that even mean? <laughs> I think you know exactly what it means. There's some really good lines in that whole sequence. He has tiny yeah. arms. <laughs> it's basically just them being like ultimate badasses a la aliens. Yeah. Um. So back to Bond. I have the helicopter scene in Spectre, which I watched again Spectre. recently, and it's insane. It's when the Day of the Dead festival is going on, mm-hmm. and Bond is like, he has to get into the helicopter to chase these guys, and then he has a full-on like fight in midair, and there, it's like turning... It's like doing oh, barrel rolls, and yeah. it's all over the crowd, and it's insane. I and then somehow he like 
gets control of the helicopter after he shoved everybody out of it. But I watched it. It's crazy. I forgot about that scene because <laughs> that I remember the Day of the Dead scene being really cool. It's like the yeah. only part of that movie I really like. But I totally forgot about the helicopter part. That is that does sound yeah, awesome. I need insane. to rewatch it too. And it looks pretty real. Like they're like going crazy. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's not real completely. But <laughs> Daniel Craig really did it. He's no Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. That's a pretty good list. Let's say that that sums up all my favorite helicopter scenes. Well, I have an honorary mention. Go the, on helicopter scene in Jurassic Park when they're landing on, by the waterfall. I'm going to allow this. <laughs> it just goes like straight down. Da, and he's like, hold on, da, buckle da. up. Oh, this is true. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I didn't even think about it. But yeah, you know, I always talk about you probably going to roll your eyes. The whole, <laughs> the seatbelt scene in the helicopter is like one of, it's such a dumb thing, but it's one of my favorite parts of that whole movie because it's like. It tells so much about when, the character. When doc, yeah, when Dr. <laughs> exactly. When Dr. Grant ties the seatbelt together, he's just like. He just gets it done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome scene. <laughs> that was my honorary mention. Oh, <laughs> a lot. A lot. So, yeah. So after the helicopter part of the credits, then the next thing, that's really the last like names we get. And the next section is all about the locations. It's a uh, special thanks to um, the British Columbia Film Commission Office Ministry of Tourism and the, the people of Stewart, British Columbia, and then Tongass National Forest in Juneau, Alaska. Um, Tongass is a bad name that's yeah. a funny that's your that's your funny name for tongue this minute, I think. <laughs> like you live up in tongue ass <laughs> um so i wrote down of um i tried to look up some other places that filmed in these locations um and in stewart uh, it's funny because stewart bc just based on kind of stuff i've seen about you know the people who've gone back up to find the filming locations it seems very remote so I, and I, I never heard about any other movies but I, there are actually a fair amount that have filmed there um so the the main one that I recognized was uh, Insomnia, the Christopher Nolan version was filmed yeah. there, Just an okay movie. But yeah, it's kind of neat. It's funny. I want to kind of watch that now and look at it and see if it looks anything like The Thing. I watched it recently and I don't remember anything looking like The Thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Well, it's mostly in town. Like The well, Thing doesn't even have a town. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's it's kind of out on the in the mountains. But um, some other movies that filmed there, uh, Eight Below. Um, is that that dog movie? Yeah, I think it is, actually. It didn't make our dog list from no. the other day. <laughs> uh, Iceman shows up again. I have no idea what that is. Bear Island and uh, The Courage of Kavik the Wolf Dog, not starring Jed, surprisingly. Aww. But uh, I yeah. missed out. <laughs> so, um, and then for uh, uh, I, for Tungas National Forest, the only thing I found were some nature documentaries. It doesn't seem like any other movies have actually filmed there. And yeah, that's where they filmed basically just the opening shots of the movie where the dog's running across like the ice fields. Because hmm. up in uh, Stewart, where they filmed the rest of it, there weren't like big open fields like that. They cut it together to make it look like that. Um, but yeah, so I guess it's not like, you know, it's, it's there's not much not to do there. Or yeah, it might that too. be protected or something. Yeah, it is a national forest, I guess. But yeah, not not a whole lot else was filmed there, which I was a little surprised about because it's such a cool looking shooting location. Yeah. I did find just they don't mention this in the credits, but while I was looking at locations, I happened to see that on IMDb they list the specific stage that they used in Universal Studios in uh Hollywood. Yeah. It's stage number twenty seven. Some other movies that were filmed there, uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, most recently, <laughs> the thing that's currently filming there, it's just, this is funny to think that The Thing and this have something in common. The Mindy Project uh, <laughs> is like, I guess, currently using that stage for all their episodes. Uh, Apollo 13 cool. and This Thing. 
among many other interesting movies. Um, those are the ones that stood out to me. Um, and the first movie to film on that stage was uh, Air Mail, which I hadn't heard of, but it's a movie by John Ford that was made in 1932. Weird. So that stage has been around for a long time. It's 50 yeah. years old by the time they were filming for the thing, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And then the next next set on our credits are uh, is the filmmakers wish to acknowledge the assistance <laughs> and cooperation of the American Humane Association in the handling of animals in this production. But I like how they say that no animals were harmed. Yeah. Which is usually the standard. <laughs> so I, I did some research. I tried to find out. You have to. So first of all, you have to submit. You have to go through like a lot of tests and stuff. Not tests, but like procedures to get that uh, mark put on your movie. Um, and this is not to say that it might. this might have been kind of early on when they first started doing that. I was couldn't find any information on when they started doing that whole no animals yeah, were harmed thing. Seems weird. That um, wouldn't be. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But uh, I did find uh, I, it was kind of funny. They have a list. You could, they have movie reviews on the American Humane Society website. <laughs> I tried to look up other John Carpenter movies, and there really weren't very many. There was, I think Escape from L.A. might have been the only one I could find. But the reviews are basically just like, um, there's a horse, and uh, the horse, there are explosions. <laughs> but the, when filming, the horse was nowhere near the explosion. So good to go. And they, <laughs> all the ratings are basically, it's like acceptable or like uh, exceptional or like, I, I didn't see any that were bad. So this one passed? I, I guess this wasn't even on their <laughs> site, so I have no idea. Maybe um, it, they couldn't pass it because of psychological trauma from seeing the other dogs split in half and little things squirt at them. <laughs> yeah, all the dogs. <laughs> they had were nightmares for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> These dogs were not treated very well. I wouldn't imagine they'd be too pleased nowadays. Um, no. There was that, and then, I mean, Fucking Jed got bombs dropped near like thirty yards from him while he's running well, he's across a the trooper, ice. Though I mean, he's a little trooper. <laughs> yeah. um, so just this has nothing to do with this movie, but we're talking about credits, so why the hell not? <laughs> when I was looking at the American Humane Society, the main one of the big things on the front of their page was "Move over, Oscars! Here come the Poscars." <gasps> Is it just like the Super Bowl thing? What the puppy, puppy halftime show? <laughs> puppy Is bowl? It? Do these little? Do they have animals? No, Aww. but they actually give out awards. I think they did it last, maybe either last year or two years ago, and they haven't done it since. I couldn't find anything about this year's nominees for the Poscars. <laughs> so they give awards to animals in movies? Yes. Okay, or, I was thinking they dressed up animals and had an award show. <laughs> it's like it's like. Well, here, I'll give you Which some... Which is probably against everything they believe in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you some examples. So for 2016, uh, the winner of Most Moving Performance... Can, do you want to guess? <laughs> you, you would never guess. <laughs> what year? Uh, 2016. Most moving? Moving Performance. By an animal? <laughs> this is really surprising. Is yeah. it like a dolphin movie? Nope. You would... Okay. You'd never guess it because... I, you hardly remember that these animals are even in this movie. The horses in The Hateful Eight. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess they're majestic. That's uh, weird. <laughs> but like, they're hardly they hardly have anything to do with the movie. Isn't that bizarre? They had to trek pretty far. But apparently, Tarantino, <laughs> Tarantino, in his production, was like extremely like considerate to the horses. And oh, uh, that's sweet. Yeah. So maybe that's the moving part. Yeah. Just how well they were treated, but there had to be other animal movies. Yeah, you would think. Maybe 2016 was a was a slow year for animal mm. movies. Uh, and then the other one I wrote down because most of these I didn't recognize the movies because I think they were like 
I don't know. There are movies like about animals, like stuff I probably wouldn't go see, like Sea Biscuit or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All these dolphin movies. So the other category (laughs) and winner that I wrote down because I like the name was the best recurring cat performance. (gasps) Uh, Recurring cat. Yeah, best recurring cat performance. Uh, Do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah, recurring. So Um. (laughs) I would never. I don't even remember this animal being in this movie, but it's been a while since. I was gonna say like Inside Lewin Davis, but Uh, no. This that is like a franchise. A franchise? Yeah. Men in Black? Nope. <laughs> it is The Hunger Games. A cat what? in The Hunger Games. Do you remember a cat in The Hunger Games? I know people I are listening. I remember animals in The Hunger people, Games. Yeah, exactly. People who are listening who are big Hunger Games fans are like, of course there's yeah. a cat. Like, the cat's a crucial part of the movie. Um, I didn't. We didn't even see the last one, actually. No. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, best recurring cat. So that's a reason to go see it. There's a recurring cat performance that's a aw- literally award winning. Yeah. So do they get anything? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see like the, the cat's like acceptance speech. Because I mean, we have a cat. <laughs> I can throw her in a movie, and we can see if we go win a Oscar. Well, throw her in a movie? I don't think the uh, the American Humane Association. She'll throw herself that. over there. <laughs> Uh, yes. Anything else about the American Humane? This is the last chance, your literal last chance to talk about Jed or the other dogs in this movie. <laughs> I love you, Jed. That's it. Yes. Jed, you, you are the star, the true star of this think, movie. Is he, is Jed still alive? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but Jed Over. is not still alive. No. Does he have a, um, like a little... A memorial somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Um, somehow I doubt it. It would be, in my mind, it's very majestic. It's like a statue of himself, and it lists all his movie credits underneath. <laughs> I'm going to look up uh, when he died and how long. He, he has IMDb credits? Uh, hell yeah, Jed has an IMDb page. <laughs> he plays dog thing. <gasps> He's so pretty. Uh, he was born in 1977, and Jed died in 1995. That's pretty good so for he's kinda, dog, He's in his right? prime in this yeah. movie. He's five years old when this movie came Aww. out. But yeah, he lived for 18 years. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, and I don't know how long, like, wolves live. And I don't know, especially since he was a half wolf, half uh, husky. I don't know how, how long those typically live. That seems like a long time. Yeah, 18. I mean, that's probably a, a, as long or, or a little bit longer than any of the dogs I've ever owned, for yeah. sure. So, in memoriam, Jed. Maybe we'll uh, we'll find out where Jed is buried, and we'll we'll have to yeah. make a, make a trip out there. <laughs> His owner will be like, "What the hell are you guys yeah. doing here? <laughs> like, you're Jed's owner." <laughs> to Clint Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> Clint, what's up? Uh, maybe we can ask him if we can try out that uh, that 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 technique of looking straight into his oh, yeah. eyeballs. <laughs> um, yeah. So, after the American Humane Society, thanks. The next section we get is. Um, Soundtrack. The, yeah, the the two songs that are not part of the score that are in this movie. Which are Don't Explain by Billie Holiday mm-hmm. and Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, which is funny because I was thinking about this today that like most movies now, this section is super long. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we we just saw I, Tanya for the second time yesterday, which is a movie I really, really like. And this section is, there's probably like, 16 or 20 songs in that section yeah. this movie has two which <laughs> is pretty insane um and it's funny because even on imdb they list a third song which is the one that they replaced superstition with uh on the tv version originally because they, they couldn't replace get the it to. with uh i can't well here i got the credits up we talked about it in that minute but now i don't remember what it was i'm also surprised they didn't list any of the uh orchestral music well i guess that's not like yeah, I guess. I mean, we already got an Ennio Morricone um, 
you know, yeah. section. Here we go, soundtracks. Um, it is One Chain Don't Make No Prison by The Four Tops. Oh, which is funny. I know so, the four tops, but I don't yeah, remember you that do. song. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Todd Cameron, when we, we talked, he said that he's, um, that's the one he's used to hearing because he saw it on TV so much growing up. That's like to him when he first heard it with superstition, that was like, he thought something was wrong or they'd, you know, he noticed it was changed, which is funny. Cause yeah, to me, superstition is like, it, it's kind of like, I don't know. Every time I hear that song, I think about this movie particularly mm. cause I love that scene. But yeah, so they don't have that one in the credits, obviously, because when they made the movie, it wasn't intended to be in the movie. But yeah, yeah so uh, I wrote down, I tried to look up uh, some facts about these two songs. So um, Don't Explain by Billie, Billie Holiday. Uh, this movie is the first movie that this song is in, actually, which is kind of surprising. That is crazy. Uh, especially considering... When did Superstition come out? No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, the Billie Holiday song. Oh, well, that's even weird because that's older, right? Yes. It, <laughs> yeah, so the song was written in 1946, and it was written after uh, Billie Holiday's husband came home with lipstick on his collar. So oh, no. don't explain. Don't even try. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's like a standard now. It has like a million. There's a, it, the song uh, covered by other like jazz artists and stuff has shown up in some other movies. But this particular version, this was the first time it showed up in a movie, which yeah. is kind of interesting. But yeah, it's courtesy of MCA Records, which MCA uh, and Universal were merged or owned were owned by the same uh, MCA bot universal, I think. <clears throat> so, you know, that was an easy one for them to use. I'm sure they just grabbed it out of the collection. Yeah. Um, and then superstition, uh, this is not from MCA. It's from Motown record corporation. So that was, um, obviously that's the one they couldn't get the rights for, for TV. Um, superstition has been in a ton of movies. Um, that at best that I could count, it had been in over 60 movies and TV episodes, which is not surprising because it's a very popular yeah. and awesome song. Um, that whole album is really good, actually. I also like underneath how it says that the soundtrack is available on MCA Records and tapes. Yes. <laughs> so Nothing else. No CDs. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not in 82. Yeah. <laughs> um, I looked up uh, on Discogs that just by coincidence we mentioned i think yesterday um uh, i looked up on discogs how much it would cost me to get a copy of the cassette tape of the score yeah how much was it 149 dollars totally worth and it. 99 cents it's authentic um it actually was interesting because some there were a couple different versions and i think maybe it was like a european version or something that actually had some of the alan horth music on it too which is kind of cool because that's not even on like anything yeah. that i've seen at least it's not on the record i just got for sure um, but yeah, some of the like drones and the stuff that uh, Horth and, and Carpenter kind of added into the score. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, because they, they were just named after scenes in the movie. Because like all the, the Morricone score, the songs are like humanity and contamination. <laughs> and then there were these other songs on the cassette called like Dog Attack. Or, <laughs> Dog um, Attack 2. Like Dog uh, Attack Explosions. <laughs> or, you know, it was like very like kind of obvious what, what part of the movie they were talking about. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't have 150 bucks to shell out on a European cassette tape version. I mean, we could probably go to our local library. They might have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's very possible. So the next thing, uh, getting real close to the end here, we have uh, filmed in Panavision. So I looked it up, and in particular, this movie is Panavision. It's filmed in a 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio. Um, and on uh, on IMDb, they list out what kind of film they used, and it's Eastman 100T5247. Kodak? I Eastman guess. Kodak? I would assume Eastman cool. is Kodak, yeah. <laughs> 
So um, I'd, I'd be, uh, yeah, I was curious. I wish I could have found out like other movies that were shot on. That's probably pretty common, I would guess. It, you know, I don't think they shot on anything like particularly special. Well, I'm wondering though, since a lot of it's at night, if they did use a specific, would they have film to use like type? a high speed film or something? You think? I don't know how it works with like film video. Michelle's a photographer. A film photographer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, usually your ISO has to change if you're going to be shooting at night. Or else your exposure times would be really long. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to know. Because it's not all at night, but yeah, a huge and chunk of And with this, you're going to want your blacks to be dark. Yeah, that's true. But who knows? Movie magic. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, actually, on IMDb, when I was looking at like those technical uh, facts, they, had, um, they said the, the film length is... 2,970 meters. And then in parentheses, it says Sweden. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm guessing maybe the the length that they're coming up with is just based on the runtime, and maybe that's like the Swedish cut of it. Is maybe. Thing? And I'm not sure. But yeah, so 2,970 meters. That's a <laughs> lot of film. Um, after filmed in Panavision, we get color by Technicolor. And um, obviously, Technicolor was around forever. Lots and Lots of awesome movies filmed in Technicolor. Um, so it, I couldn't find any specific details, but I'm assuming this, it, based on the time period this was filmed, it sounds like this was the three, I think it's called three film or three color, technicolor process, where yeah. it's actually filmed across three. Um, what movies do you set? Like Vertigo? Oh, yeah. I mean, like... Uh, all, I mean, lots of stuff. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, like almost pretty much everything Hitchcock did in color was technicolor and a lot of the like big... Um, uh, musical movies. I mean, I think a lot, most stuff was filmed in technicolor. Um, you know, it kind of, this, uh, this I would guess was fairly late for technicolor. I'm not really sure when they kind of retired it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, obviously people who, who pay attention to color in movies and stuff, technicolor is kind of top tier. Cause it looks amazing. Everything looks like super saturated and, and cool. And this movie has awesome color. So, yeah. uh, it doesn't surprise me that they filmed it in technicolor. Cause it's got that, it's got those really cool, kind of weird pinks and purples and a lot of those like deep dark blues and uh and then of course like with the monsters you get a lot of those like bright reds and neon greens and stuff too so there's some really really cool color in the movie good glows yeah definitely (laughs) so after technicolor then we get dolby stereo nothing nothing special there um and then on the the like one of the last pages here we get um the motion picture association of america and the number which Two is, six six nine nine. That's correct. <laughs> Which is something I've always been curi- a little curious about. I didn't. Um, I assumed it was just like the number of the movie, which has always been kind of like a mysterious thing to me. I always thought it was a running number of all the movies, and that's basically what it's. <laughs> it doesn't account for every movie ever made. It's but it's every movie that's been uh, um, submitted to the MPAA. So I so, wonder what they're up to. Like for this year. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wrote down some some facts. So um, yeah, so number one, the first numbered uh, one is from 1934, which is "The World Moves On." Uh, which a was movie, it really just zero 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 one? It's just one. Just one. <laughs> it's just one. Uh, it was a movie directed by John Ford, and I thought this is funny. The rating of the movie is approved, oh. <laughs> um, which I'm guessing because I don't. 
think I, I could be totally wrong about this and, and really be showing my lack of film history knowledge <laughs> that I should have. I don't think the MPAA was around in 1934. I'm guessing that was a movie they went back and rated. But it is weird because looking at the like I, the MPAA doesn't even have this list up online. I found another website where this guy tried to catalog as best he could and like literally cataloged thousands and thousands of movie numbers. But there's like huge gaps. Like, Well, I have something interesting. Oh, go ahead. I know just from that cities used to have their own like mm. movie raters and approvers. So mm-hmm. like when movies came to Atlanta, there was one or two, I think, I can't remember her name, but there was a woman who was notorious for like cutting everything and they would deny whether or not a movie could be shown. Really? Depending on what, uh, what was in the movie. That's pretty cool. So it might be related to that. I wonder. Well, yeah, or maybe it just had to go through the MPA, and then it still had to go yeah, through like, the city Yeah, and then another censorship, wow. depending on what city and part of the country you're in. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, well, yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, there's big gaps in the numbers, so I'm guessing maybe they like just left spaces open and then went back, and like that's the oldest movie that they gave a number Probably, to, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so some other interesting numbers. Um, the So yeah, the thing is... Uh, 26,699. Um, the, the next one before that, there wasn't a 98, but uh, going back to 26,695 is uh, Grease 2. A very successful, <laughs> memorable movie that we all remember. Um, the one right after the thing is Eddie Macon's Run. So that's number 26,700. Um, Whatever that is. Yeah, I don't, I'm not <laughs> really familiar with it. Uh, and I looked up specifically, because you can kind of look at it and recognize a lot of other movies that came out right at the same time. Uh, E.T. is number uh, 26717. Hmm. So, you know, those came out this in the same year. So that tells you that was 18. They came out uh, two weeks apart, and that's 18 numbers apart. So it gives you an idea of how many movies are probably But that submitted. one came up before this, right? But yeah. the number's higher? Yeah, which is funny. I guess maybe they submitted it after? I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. That is kind of weird, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, they probably submit these to the MPA like months before they release it because then they have, obviously if they don't approve it, they yeah. have to go back and, or if they give it a higher, it's possible rate, harder this movie, rating. Or maybe E.T. took longer to get approved since it's for kids. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, who knows? But yeah. And so you asked uh, what they're up to now. Yeah. So it's funny. I When I looked up, um, I tried to just look up a movie that is the most recent movie I could think of. And it just happens that we literally just saw this movie like yesterday. Uh, Phantom Thread, the newest Paul Thomas Anderson movie that just came out, um, like the last movie of 2017 kind of, uh, is number 51,134. Wow. So meaning we've gone uh, like... 26,000 movies since this came out or something like that? 25,000 movies? I believe it. That's a lot of damn movies that have come out since the thing. A lot of bad movies. A lot That's of good correct. movies. Yeah, some good ones too. Here here and there. Here and there, there's some movies that reach thing More level. More bad than good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the information I had about the MPA stuff, which is uh, I always I was always curious about that, so I was glad to have an excuse to look into it. Nerd. <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> uh, and then right next to the MPA thing, there's another symbol that I've uh, I didn't I wasn't familiar with the IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, which is the the main union for film. Hmm. Um, which I've never seen it put that way. Everybody just talks about the, their specific numbers for their yeah. unions when you know when you work on set. So I'd never heard of the IATSE. And it actually, I should look it up because I didn't write it down, but it has an even longer name. Okay, here's the full name. 
International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, Moving Picture Technicians, Artists, and Allied Crafts of the United States, its Territories, and Canada. Very specific. So, yeah, keep, keep that... Um, Keep that acronym straight yeah. in your head. <laughs> oh, the IIT is... <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty long. Um, but yeah, it was founded in 1893. It's been around for 124 years. That's pretty crazy. When was the first movie made? Uh, yeah, that is kind of funny, isn't it? Well, it was staged, too. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then the basically, uh, the last thing we get on the actual like credit roll, and last thing for this minute, is the uh, copyright which has the Roman numeral thing. It's uh, MCMLXXXII by Universal City Studios, Inc. So what, 30? No, what's the do, L? Yeah, do you know what the numbers is, number is? Uh, 1,000 something. I don't know. Well, do you know what the number's supposed to be, like what it is? I, I never knew this. It was actually kind of, it's, no. it's really obvious once you know. It's is the it? year. Oh. I don't know why they don't just put the year, but that's MCMLXXXII is 1982. Yep, I could I saw I could see I think L is fifty and then XXXII is thirty two so yeah. that's eighty two I don't I'm not sure how you get MCM makes uh, nineteen uh, hundred but yeah so uh, it was just copyright nineteen eighty two I didn't I didn't ever realize that's why they I don't know why they do that but yeah the Roman numerals are just the year so it's by Universal City Studios Inc all rights reserved. Um, and yeah, that's where this minute ends. Uh, we've got one, not even a full minute left for tomorrow. Uh, that's basically, uh, well, well, we'll leave it a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is the end of the credit scroll, basically. Um, so just about to the end of the movie here. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention that we didn't talk I about? I think we covered pretty much everything. As far as this white text on a black background goes, I think we got it covered yeah. pretty good. Um, cool. So yeah, I think that'll that'll wrap up minute 108. Um, make sure to find us in iTunes and, uh, you know, as we're reaching the very end of the podcast here, it'd be really, uh, would really appreciate if you left a review and a rating on iTunes, that makes a big difference. And, you know, even though we're finishing up the podcast here, obviously this will live on for forever past the end of the human race will be gone. And and the thing, (laughs) (laughs) very topical, um, (laughs) the thing minute podcast will be, you know, the last remaining, uh, uh, evidence of of the existence of the human race, perhaps. So, Probably. so leave a review Unless is what I'm saying. Stop the tape recorder and go back and record over it. A la McCready. Yeah, <laughs> because the world cannot know the truth. We're all very tired. <laughs> um, so yeah, leave us a review so that uh, you know this will be one of the podcasts that the aliens find uh, a million years from now, and they'll be they'll wonder what the hell we were doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, check us out on iTunes, and then uh, make sure to come back tomorrow for the final minute of the Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper, signing out.